Hello, I'm Hannah. And I'm Rachel. And this is the Before and After podcast, where we discuss all things related to training, mindset, health, wellness, nutrition, and body image. Whether it's talking from personal experience and sharing stories from our own journeys, or reviewing the latest trends from the health and fitness world, our goal is to provide you with fascinating insights and helpful information to help you reach your own goals. Between us, we have years of training and coaching experience to draw on. And as Masters athletes, we know a thing or two about the highs and lows of working towards being the best version of yourself, both in and out of the gym. We hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share so we can expand our audience and keep the conversations flowing. Happy listening. Well, hello there. We missed you. I hope you missed us. <laughs> yep. We sort of, as ever, didn't really plan the break, but a lot has happened since our last episode. Um, and we kind of, aside from just there's only so many hours and minutes and seconds in each day, um, also have gone back to the drawing board somewhat and kind of expanded the reach of this podcast, not changed direction because we had, you know, it, it, we began with like specific body image related topics. Um, and more recently, we've been kind of like straying into like training stuff and some mindset stuff. And so we decided that we would wrap up season two, um, take a little mini break, get lots of exciting things that we did done, and then start season three with um, a slightly wider range of topics. Everything from like, as we, if you listen to the intro with our jolly little music, um, <laughs> that we're actually going to be talking about. We haven't ditched body image by any means, and we'll certainly, no, I mean, that kind of not. is an intrinsic part of everything we talk about and do, and you know, that still very much is a part of this podcast, but we are expanding it to talk about training and mindset and more, all aspects of like health and wellness and fitness and sleep and stress and all of those things. Um, and obviously we are coming at it from a master's athlete's perspective, but we are not aiming to just speak to master's athletes. Although if you're 40 plus, you probably relate to some of the aches and pains and niggles that we some might mention. Some of the mention. topics, yes. And if yeah. you're 20 something, just, you know, keep it in the back of your mind. Absolutely. It's about long longevity and training for life. That's what we're talking about. But yes, I feel like our podcast is often a, a great metaphor or analogy to uh, sometimes things don't go according to plan. Sometimes we plan very well. Um, yeah, this break was was sort of uh, circumstantial, but but actually just well-timed. It worked out in the end and we got to refocus some things. So we're very excited about the next next season. Next phase. Season next three. Season. Um, how old how old is our child now our podcast child i think 40 episodes in season one and um i feel like just shy of 20 coming up on two years something like that it's definitely Year over yeah it was in the pandemic and close to like 60 episodes started. i think mm -hmm. wow okay well our baby is officially older than both of us in regular in episodes our years in podcast years <laughs> and in human years um, so quick catch up. What has happened since our last episode? We spent a weekend at Sage Bregner's Bad Bitch Camp. Right. Getting trained by Sage and Coach B and never has two hours with a PBC 
felt so brutal. Ooh, yeah, we but amazing. Spend a whole episode talking about that, um, that experience for sure. We did a shitload of workouts. I think se- seven or eight workouts on one of the days. Uh, seven workouts across ten hours. I think was the Let's longest. Let's just say day. a warm up workout was. <laughs> Uh, do 20 burpees, run 400 meters, 19 burpees, run 400 meters, and all the way down to one burpee and 400 meters. Right. No and one made it down to one. We had a 45 cap, minute but, time cap just because yes, it was like a warm up was... workout. I got down to the five burpee round. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And it I was, was like, amazing. And I think that the, apart from like all the awesome tips and just like, you know, I think I've probably talked about it before where I used to have an insane not I fear is the wrong word but I used to get really in my head if I felt anyone was watching me when I was lifting because lifting used to be my big struggle and by no means when I say this have I suddenly got amazing at it and I'm really good at it there's a lot of things that need to be improved on but I feel like I'm in a much better spot with it so back then like a couple of years ago I would literally shit this myself not literally like, <laughs> I, I rephrase unfortunate it. use of the word literally there uh, i've never actually seen hannah I would, shit herself <laughs> lifting just so you all know not yet um <laughs> we got a competition never tomorrow say never. never say never um no we gotta wear the dark shorts now i said that um i used to just like if i could if i caught anybody's eye like even like yeah. somebody side-eyeing from a distance while i was trying to lift that was it it was like game over even if it was a number that i could easily lift right. i would just get silly you by know, like yourself a, listening to disney music like that a, was your pr scenario i would be like a teenage girl <laughs> near the boy that he she fancies when you know when you're all silly and like oh because you're all silly in love with snatches that was that was you're what i was in like love with a 125 pound snatch oh yes your dream date my dream to repeat it um but on the sunday morning the last day of this camp we were i mean we didn't go i didn't go to a one rep max um i went sort of decently heavy but not yeah. like one rep um, but just lifting in this iconic gym with two iconic weightlifting coaches oh, who yeah. coach the people that we watch on yeah. TV and they're and literally the games, just sitting there in lawn chairs and they're commenting on <laughs> you. And at no point was I ever silly and shy and nervous about the fact that the ultimate people are sitting yeah. there watching me lift. And that was honestly a huge takeaway because I was like, wow, that is a serious mindset shift. Mm-hmm. And I got out of my own way and was able to just like, I can't, you know, I, it was fine. I, I, were you nervous that morning? Oh, I'm, I mean, I was nervous that whole weekend. Every single thing Sage asked us to do, I was nervous. <laughs> I was like, I had kind of butterflies in my stomach when we, oh, yeah. we parked at the bottom of the driveway, you walk up the driveway and I could feel this kind of butterflies because we had like an hour long Q&A. And as it got near the the end of the hour, we were wrapping up before we picked up barbells. And I was pretty sore and fatigued from the day before. And I was just like, oh, man. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Nobody knew what we was going to happen we gotta in do that this, last session. <laughs> we got to do this lifting in front of these people. Oh, my God. And then I was just like, but wait a minute. Think about this moment. The fact that in a couple of hours, you're going to be in a car driving home. We can choose to either get overcome by nerves, be silly and waste this opportunity or just look at it because they have an amazing view look out at the view yeah think about like where you're at right now and how freaking awesome this is and make the most of it so that in two hours time when i'm sitting in the car navigating la traffic i can smile yeah and all of a sudden the butterflies just melted away 
And I don't think I've ever enjoyed lifting quite as much as that morning in his gym. Yeah, that's an amazing takeaway. I mean, I I think similarly, I for me, a big part of that weekend was also just realizing like how how much as a coach of other people, it is amazing to be around other amazing coaches and get coached by them, mm-hmm. right? Like sort of the pass through of the things I learned being coached by them, even when I'm nervous, right? Like it's very possible that people that we coach feel similarly to how you do, right? When mm-hmm. like, I mean, goodness, you know, Hannah Hannah Jenner teaching you how to burpee makes anyone nervous about burpees. <laughs> she loves them and she's so good at them. But um, no, but I, I feel like that's what I took home as well was just like, it is so important to take time to do what we did, which is like get out of our own our own gyms and our own, you know, situation, our own physical environment and actually get coached by really good coaches around strangers who like we don't train with all the time um, because it does. It forces you to kind of be outside of your norm, be outside of your comfort zone, even just environmental comfort zone. Right. Like and it's a good Reminder, like I love to coach, but I have definitely been coached by people who are coaching to get their free gym membership. Right. Mm-hmm. And the responsibility that comes with that and your your potential, your possibility for affecting huge change and turning somebody who could just forever be like, yeah, I just can't snatch or yeah. I can't clean a jerk into somebody who can. Mm-hmm. And like the... There's literally of all the coaches I've ever come across, I would say there's probably less than a handful that truly stand out as somebody who was like, damn, if I could be coached by you all the time, right. where could I get to? Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of others where I'm just like, yeah, I would be just distinctly yeah. average if you were the only coach that yeah. I ever came across. So it's always nice to walk away and then be like, I want to be able to give that same experience to somebody yeah. else. And I think, yeah, I mean, one of the most memorable things Coach B said during the that Q&A we did, you know, I, I asked him a question about um, he coaches, obviously, elite athletes and actual Olympians. Um, but, you know, how do you translate that to coaching the everyday athlete who, you know, maybe doesn't have much body awareness, is starting from a place of like very little athleticism and it was so cool to hear someone like him who spends a lot of his time coaching some of the best athletes out there that like actually one of his favorite things is taking someone who can maybe barely drop an inch under a barbell and get them to an inch and a half Mm -hmm. or two inches like this like he's so intentional about seeing potential in every single person and like the ability to coach anyone is so important because like really small incremental change can be just as life-changing as someone that's out there winning competitions or and he they both genuinely seem to get joy out of coaching any kind of athlete at any level and encouraging just that idea of even a little bit of change is amazing and the other really really significant takeout and and it was great to be like you know from from my career in sailing, you were constantly put in situations where if if you had the opportunity or the option to get the heck out of it and turn it off, you absolutely would. <laughs> yeah. But because you cannot, you learn how tough and resilient you can be and mm-hmm. what you are capable of. Like if you start thinking like, ah, that that doesn't actually mean that's it, that yeah. you have another gear. 
And like Sage really hammered that home, you know, on that day where we basically worked out all day. All day. And, you know, that the final workout was a super short sprinty one. We did it once and that was the last workout of the day. And then she's like, all right, let's do it again. Oh, I will never forget that moment. (laughs) And just that kind of... And everybody in the room kind of went, oh, shit. And, like, there was a whole range of different levels of fitness and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, training age and strength and all the rest of it. But you better believe that every single person in that room did it again, could do it again. Yeah. And got faster the second time That was the thing. She required that of us, right? It was not just, like, the shock of you thought you left everything out there, but now I'm going to ask you to do it again. She also said everyone is going to get faster. And I think everyone was like, do we have a choice about that? Like, can I actually go faster? And I think every single person in the yeah. room did get faster, whether it was by one second or 10 seconds, like that. Yeah, everybody it may have resulted in a minor asthma attack, but. Oh, did yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, and, I think all of us. And were I think, like, the extra um, dead at the end. <laughs> that is something that since coming back from that camp in, like, practicing things like bar muscle ups and trying to do them in the context of a workout or fatigued. When just the other morning, like we did the workout Thursday morning and like I took a couple of minutes rest and I was like, I really do not feel like doing this. Yeah. I had a rough week this past week and I was like, I don't feel like I can do a bar muscle up. I feel like it's just going to be shitty. And I sat in the box and I was like, stop it. Just stop it. Because for as long as you have this bullshit circling around in your head, yeah. of course you cannot do that. But you know fine well that... If you put your mind to it, you can do that. So get up there and at least, you know, even if you don't get it, at least you got up there and you tried. Yeah. And you didn't just sit on that box and give yourself every reason why you should stop. Yeah. And sure enough, it was absolutely fine and it worked. And I was just like, healthy reminder. (laughs) And sometimes it doesn't work, right? That actually reminds me of another part of camp. Um, In that last lifting session, there was another athlete there. She was... I think arguably one of the best lifters there, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and she did her last lift. um, She had added some more weight and didn't make the lift. And we kind of thought we were done. She was the last one lifting. Everyone else had sort of called it. Um, And coach, coach B was like, I think you can do that. I think you need to do it again. Gave her the choice. She was like, I'm going to do it again. Mm -hmm. And she did it again and she didn't hit the lift, right? Like it wasn't this magical moment of like, everyone believed I could and I nailed it. It was like, she did better. She did better. Like her form was better. She, she didn't give up and she missed the lift because she was fatigued Mm because she was, and it's fine, right? Like it was still a good lesson of like, you still make that one last attempt to know maybe you really are at your limit of fatigue or at your one rep max. Um, And that's important. Like the, 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 the other morning that I'm referencing, I would like literally said to myself, you're going to have three goes. Yeah. Three goes. Even if you don't make it. And if you don't make it, you don't make it and you walk away. And if you make all three, you still walk away. We're not looking at 10. Yep. We're going to have three goes just to know that we we can. We try. We can still get up and we can try. And that's, but you know, we don't need to be here for another hour. Right. Like hammering away at something that's going to like. Because then you're just beating yourself yeah. up too, right? Make it's yourself not... worse potentially and practice yeah. shitty reps. You know, I understand there's healthy fatigue. I understand that it's not been the best week. So I have three opportunities. I know that that's something that I'm capable of doing. And if they I make it, great. And if I don't, okay. What can we still learn and take away from this? Yeah. So that was a very cool experience, um, and I'm definitely down to do that again. 
I like that. We also just did a little mini tangent podcast on coaching. Yeah. <laughs> Unintentional. We're just teasing this, out yeah, little bits like, this for is like good. This future is the episodes. perfect first episode of a new season, right? These are the things we want to so talk about. So pretty much everything we throw out there today is probably going to be stuff that we re- revisit yeah. and go into detail. So um, if you hear something you really want to hear about, let us know um, what you want to hear full episodes on too, for sure. So also, uh, since the last episode, I got another puppy. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, that's huge because that plays into all the things about your sleep and everything else. Which basically (laughs) means I have not had a restful night's sleep in a month. Now, it'll be a month on Sunday. Yeah. It is currently Saturday today as we record. So almost a month of crap sleep. Yeah. Um, Probably. Really a lot of more cuteness. I mean, less sleep, but a lot more cuteness. I would say the most sleep (laughs) that I have accumulated in one night in the last month has probably been five hours and prior to that uh, i was averaging seven and a half to eight and on the low end this month it's probably been about three and that's broken up so there's not been any kind of significant periods of restful sleep and that has played a major role in my ability to perform and also like just mindset stuff too like yeah. trusting my body, like the desire to push hard and show up. Mm-hmm. We are competing tomorrow. Yep. And um, I definitely did not get good sleep last night. So I'm hoping we're going to a hotel tonight. There will be no puppies. Yeah. You're going to remember to bring your pillow. I'm going to remember to bring my pillow. And, uh, and I'm kind of getting plugs. I don't know, like all first, kinds of things. Like the first two weeks was brutal because you go from like good sleep to just like straight out of the gate, crappy sleep. And it just hits you hard. Now I'm kind of more used to it, but just like yeah. every single day, there's that lingering fatigue and the caffeine intake starts creeping up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also been interesting and I'm sure we will get onto like how, as we weave our way through this podcast, like how that lack of sleep has shown up Oh yeah. in terms of my own mindset and just thoughts about what I really want to put effort and energy into right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I have not gotten a new puppy or anything like that as much as I would love that to be my journey too. Um, but I will say in the last month to two months has been like a huge stress jump for me. Like professionally, there's been a lot of stuff going on and that has also greatly affected my sleep. So I feel like sleep is on both of our minds. Um, what I'm realizing about mine is that, uh, the your your body can adapt and hang on for a certain amount of time like i mm-hmm. i went through a similar period i'd say probably 3 weeks where my 7 and a half to 8 hour average dropped to 5 to 6 hours and it was kind of strange cuz sometimes the gym actually felt surprisingly good even without great sleep Um, I don't I wasn't training at super high intensity. I was still doing kind of more gymnastics, body weight like stuff. But um, it was really fascinating because like my coach was just like, "Okay, this seems to be going okay, But like you can't sustain no sleep. She was like, I want you to start trying things like Advil PM or like over the counter things that just might help because like you can't sustain this. And sure enough, like I think it was probably shortly after bad bitch camp I basically got like a head like a tiny head cold like it wasn't I wasn't really sick it didn't really stop my everyday life like um but 
it was. I saw that as like, oh, my body is like kind of breaking down Mm -hmm. on some level, even if I'm not super aware of it. Like that's a sign that it's breaking down. So sleep. um, Yeah. I mean, it just I think the word for a few weeks, the phrase hanging on is appropriate. Like I am currently not intentionally at the lightest body weight I've had in six oh, right. years. Yeah, you've been seeing like, the scale change. Like that surprised the shit out of me. Because um, I did count macros for a little bit. Um, kind of when I got back from England mid-July, I sort of said I'm going to do it for four weeks just to see where I'm at. Yeah. And then like it rolled into like six weeks and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm done yeah, with that. you just check in with it periodically. And so, you know, I didn't even start off particularly low calories, but I lost about three pounds over the course of that sort of first month or so. Yeah. And I did weigh myself a bit. And then I honestly hadn't weighed myself in a good three or so weeks. And it was when I went to, I went to the doctors for like an annual. Oh, yes. Your annual physical. Thing, which the most Weighing of the time I, doctor is I always sat so there weird. just like, what the hell am I doing here? This is such a waste of time. It's not a waste <laughs> of time, folks. But like, basically, it's not. Go to your doctor, get annual checkups, please. They, they, although they, they did tell me when I arrived, which was very amusing. I got there and they were like, so you just had a baby, right? And I was like, oh, gosh, that's I, right. I got a puppy, but that, that, no. And then halfway through, like chatting with this, he's a new doctor. Halfway through, he's going through his notes. He goes, so it uh, looks like you've had a joint replacement. Which one did you get replaced? And my tired brain honestly sat there and went, shit, which one did which I get one replaced? Was it? And then I was like, wait, wait. I don't have a joint replacement. What the hell? And then something else came up too. And I was just like, this is, this is amusing. I'm like, yeah, do you even know who wrong. you're talking to here? They mixed but up the charts. My whole point of mentioning that doctors is that I had gone to the doctor. Oh yeah. When I got back from England, I had gone to the doctor to get my shoulder injected. Right. I assume and that's where the, maybe the joint replacement yeah, uh, miscommunication happened. And, uh, like. I'd got on the scale I had actually weighed myself because I just started macro counting. So I'd weighed myself that morning and I weighed 138.6 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to the doctor in the afternoon around 2 p.m. And I got on the scale and I was like 144. And I just like started smiling. I also had a migraine that day, right? So they took my blood pressure yeah. and my blood pressure was really And you're high. also wearing clothes. They never, they don't even make you take your shoes off anymore. Yeah. So I feel like the doctor's one is always like five pounds and I had, off maybe. And I had like, like. Sometimes it's a lot. I had like my little fanny pack thing with wallet and keys and phone. And they didn't have you put that and down? I, well, I put it down. Oh, but okay. like, <laughs> she was literally like, oh, you don't need to worry about that. I'm like, yeah. Do you guys want an accurate weight? But anyway, I weighed, I'd weighed yeah, in I at 144 they, I pounds. Do it anymore. My blood pressure was high because I was jet lagged to all hell. Yeah. I was had a migraine. I was on migraine drugs. And the guy who took my blood pressure was like, oh, that's high. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not normally like that. And he goes, okay. No questions, no follow-up, yeah, no looking at previous stuff. And I was like, all right, so clearly it's not a concern. So this time around, I go to the doctor's, <laughs> similar time of day, fully clothed get on this scale and it read 135 and I was like weird close to 10 pound difference and there. <laughs> also in this like review of the notes where I'd had a baby and joint replacement right. not once in a fairly short space of time did they even look to go like how come you've lost apparently nearly 10 pounds in uh, the space obviously of- it was your baby <laughs> my baby you were pregnant and then you had a 10 pound baby <laughs> so because I'd weighed in 135 pounds on the scale and the docs are like that's weird i'm gonna check on the home scale because i I don't think i've ever been less than 140 at a doctor's 
I know they said a doctor's shop. Then. A doctor's <laughs> shop. Doctor shop. Well, so we can do a whole podcast on advocacy in doctor's offices and I, how to I, ask I, good questions when they don't. <laughs> I like weighed myself the next morning. Oh, no, I, I forgot to weigh myself. And then a couple of days later, this bathroom scale was out one evening for some reason. And end of the day, I was like, oh, this will be interesting to see what this says. So I got on at the end of the day, like not wearing any clothes. And it said 133 points something. And I was like, must you're, be broken. You're wasting away. So the next morning, I got up, peed, as you're meant to, got on the scale. And it's like 131. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. And it was very interesting because obviously with my history, once upon a time, that would have been insanely exciting. Oh, you, you would have been like, I, I lost two pounds overnight. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, this is cool. That number's going down. This is the lightest I've been in years. But actually what my reaction was was like, Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Like, I I need to f- figure out how to put this back on again. Like, I don't really want to be less than 135 pounds because that's not really beneficial to the sport that I'm trying to Yeah, yeah. be good at. And like all of this weightlifting we were just doing, that's not beneficial. So it was really interesting to have that kind of complete 180 yeah. reaction to be like, uh-oh, shit. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I think, right, like we talk a lot about the scale and how to not let it dominate your life because it does change so much especially as women but also with all the like lack of sleep and the stress like you've been going through like most of the time when people are not sleeping the scale goes up mm-hmm. right like like overnight is when so much body repair happens and and you know muscle muscle remodeling and all that kind of stuff happens in like good quality sleep and so usually if i'm not sleeping well I watch the scale creep up and I'm like, okay. And then I get like back to solid sleep and it sort of normalizes again. So it's also strange that in a time of great stress and but less sleep, But I think some of it's like, to do with like when I used to, when I was sailing, I would lose tons <clears throat> yeah. of weight crossing oceans, even if it wasn't a brutal crossing because you're always moving. Yeah. And like, I don't remember the last time I just like, apart from when I had a serious migraine the other day flopped on a couch and stayed there for the evening you know suddenly you right. gotta get up and there's a puppy yeah. over here and you gotta pull something out of his mouth and then <laughs> like in the middle of the night like the first couple of weeks every time he's kind of in and out the doggy door you're like up going what are you doing where are you at you're yep. trying to dig for freedom what do you say so there's just a lot more <laughs> trying to dig for freedom he, he almost made it <laughs> yeah a couple of times um and so there's just a lot of like constant movement yeah um so you know i sort of definitely this is this is where kind of like what's considered healthy is sort of an interesting topic. Like added a lot more high volume, like low volume, high calorie foods into my diet. Because mm-hmm. like one thing when I get hungry and I'm running on adrenaline is that, I mean, not hungry. When I get tired and I'm running on adrenaline. <laughs> She's tired right <gasps> now, folks. <laughs> I don't feel hungry. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so I can't sit down and eat yeah. like a lot of food. So okay. I, for a brief period, there's a lot more like, just low volume, high yeah. calorie, just for the sake of like. Well, it's like when we were on Mount Whitney or when I'm on mountains, right? Like it's, I'll, I learned that in Ecuador. It's like sometimes I just need freaking juice or Coca Cola, mm-hmm. like something just high density calories without much like actual mass. Um, I mean, right? Us gnawing on a block of cheese at thirteen thousand feet is like sometimes all you can Never do. Have I devoured cheese oh, in quite man. the same yeah. way? Yeah. But that sort of is a nice little segue here. The tiredness part. Been thinking a lot recently about you know training and like when I get really tired too, I kind of get like emotional. 
<laughs> and I start thinking that is about, also, yep. you know, like, what is the point of all this? Like, what am I doing? And um, at the gym, we've had, the, we've introduced some like open gym sessions, which have been great. And, you know, I've definitely been using them to try and practice some extra skills that I need to work on. But I noticed, and I don't know whether this would have happened regardless of tiredness, but I started to notice like that it was starting to feel just like overwhelming, like this need to be like, I have to show up for every one of these sessions because I have this to practice and this to practice and this to practice. And I really want to get good at this by this. I really want to get good at this by this. And I want to hit this weight and I got to do all these things. And I got to do that on top of like the regular gym class because I don't want to miss out on that. And I got to do that on top of working and client check-ins and coaching and walking one dog and walking another dog and going to a vet (laughs) and going to a groomer. and, And all of a sudden I was just like, shit, I've run out of capacity. Yeah. And then I'm like, what is the purpose of what I'm doing? Like, why do I suddenly feel compelled to show up at every single possible opportunity or be there early to be able to do more? Or think about, mm-hmm. can I sneak in 15 minutes after I finish coaching in the morning before I go home and walk two dogs and start work and all the rest of it to practice this thing? And actually, I got stopped in my tracks by a severe migraine last week. And I was sitting in bed and it was just like, I just don't know how I feel about all of this. Yeah. <laughs> and being, it's always like, you know, Oscar worthy performance when you're tired because you're slightly <laughs> irrational. But I was literally like, I don't, yeah. what, what am I doing? And I yeah. really did have a sort of like moment or most of the day moment where I was just like, what am I doing? Like, what the hell am I doing? And a friend of ours does, a, you know, lives for master's competitions Mm -hmm. and you were talking about the schedule that she has and how it's all mapped out for a year and like yeah the whole year is mapped out that would have been so exciting and honestly that just felt like the worst thing to me and I'm like interesting is this because I'm tired or whatever and I'm like no I mean the tiredness adds to it Mm because obviously I just don't have capacity for it right now or I don't have time I've got two freaking dogs now don't have time for anything um (laughs) but having already lived that life in sailing yeah where it's just always like what what do i want what's my ultimate goal here what races do i need to do next where do i need to be in the world to be in the right place to do this race to be able to then do this race and who do i need to be around and what kind of boats do i need to get on and what kind of sponsorship do i need and there's just endless kind of on this sort of conveyor belt yeah and i was like i don't want that to be my life in crossfit like i want to be training for personalized personal optimization like i want Mm -hmm. to get the skills that i haven't had like the gymnastic stuff that we talk about a lot or certain numbers on lifts so that i can just smile to myself that i can do that and get them to a stage where it's fun and if that means i can bring them to the floor in the the occasional competition like we're doing one tomorrow great Mm -hmm. but the thought of that just being my life yeah it's not there right now and i think yeah i mean i think that's this has been a really interesting year, um, right? Because I think I I also would have, I, I mean, I, I like doing competitions and some of me feels like I look back at like, I don't know, the last three or four years and I'm like, oh yeah, like it always seems so hard to convince Hannah to do a competition. Like, right? Like you were, I you did really weren't years, competing for ages in CrossFit and I was always wanting to dabble and because I, you know, they're motivating to me. And this year was so interesting because I think with the open and sort of the, unanticipated qualifying for quarterfinals kind of kicked off the year with a bit more like motivation around competition, right? Like we were like, oh, we're actually looking at our worldwide rankings and like 
feels cool as a master's athlete to focus on that. Um, and then there was, you know, a lull. I was focused on climbing mountains and, um, you know, focus on like my foot injury and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden in August, it was like we had the rainbow throwdown, the in-house competition at our gym. We had you didn't compete, but I did. Um, and then the bad bitch camp, which basically felt like a competition, right? We were going into a weekend of like, wow, all this output. We weren't sure what Bolton. to expect. Um, and then this comp that we're doing tomorrow is next. Then we signed up with another friend of ours for a three-person Wadapalooza Masters qualifier team. Um, so it's like we kind of have this like, I don't want to say accidental, but like it, it it wasn't really mapped out, this sort of fall season of more competition just in general. Um, and so it's really interesting because I've been thinking about that, that it is motivating really for me to have those moments because the skills I work on, like also training for personal optimization. But what I have found, especially this summer, is when like new skills can be performed in like a an environment where there's pressure is is when they kind of start to click and gel. Mm-hmm. Um, so gaining some of the new skills I've gained this year, you know, you work at them. Some days they click, sometimes they don't. You feel like you need these magical moments. And then there's with with very specific skills, I can think of the exact workouts where someone was just like, we're just going to do this workout and you're just going to have to do it or not and move on. Um, And those are the workouts where it clicked. So sometimes that was just a regular program class. Sometimes that's like in a competition. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't know, like I also see that other side where like I see those competitive environments as the opportunity to like have the external factors like a running clock just force you to get out of your head. Um, And so, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess that idea of competition is can be seen from both sides. I don't think I also like our friend who is a great competitor as a master's athlete and all this stuff. Um, it does seem super stressful to try to like map out an entire year of um, competition like that. Like, I mean, I think I want to, I, I don't have time for, I don't think I have time for that as well. <laughs> I was just thinking about, you know, people are talking about all oh, the opens coming February next year, the opens here soon. We got to keep working on stuff. And yeah, I, I hope I literally was like, I'm not going to do that open next year unless I can get certain skills because I'm so freaking sick of getting to that one workout where you got to stand there like an idiot going, this is as far as I go. But now those skills are coming. It seems more exciting to have that opportunity yeah. to try it out. But I was also at the same time like going, man, I just maybe I just want a phase of enjoying the workout. Right. Because when sometimes for me, like when I just let go of the pressure and just get to enjoy it rather than being on this endless well this is happening here so i've got to be ready for that and then this is happening here and i gotta be ready for that and sometimes that's just like oh god and if you can just do it for fun yeah that's when some magic happens for me and um i love you know especially as i get older i think it's really cool to be able to be in a position with your fitness and your health to be able to go sure like climbing Mount Whitney. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. And did a competition with somebody who's 10 years younger than me and was definitely the oldest person on the podium. Mm-hmm. But came home with second in a five-workout competition in 90-degree heat. And that's cool. Yeah. And we'll see what tomorrow brings. 
but I don't and I don't think I ever will want to revolve my entire life around CrossFit competitions because you know 15 years of being a professional in another sport yeah like it's exhausting and I want to remember things like this morning going to the park with my doggos and seeing them chase each other around and the sun's coming up and I'm drinking coffee and like those those moments need to exist in my life too yeah. And not being like, I can't do this because I got to be at the gym because I've got to practice at one of these things that's on my list. So like, I want to work towards that life balance. Mm-hmm. Like I have literally, we all know the struggle with the bar muscle up, which I kind of have now. And I've done one ring muscle, <laughs> but like I've literally lost sleep to those freaking things. Yeah. Yeah. And then and that's when I've good. laid in bed. And I'm just constantly like thinking about that move and thinking about why it's been a struggle bus to me and like I'm losing sleep. And then the more I think about it, the more I wind myself up. I'm like, what in the name of good Lord am I doing? <laughs> right. We should not be losing sleep over. This is not that important. In the gym. Yeah. Like, in the grand getting scheme myself of from standing on the ground <laughs> to being above a bar is really right. not that important in the yeah. great grand scheme of life. If you could no longer burpee like get from the ground back up to standing that would mean you know we would pause and reflect ultimately on that, the burpee is a far more important skill absolutely because the burpee for is training lifelong... you for falling on the ground and getting your own ass back up yep and when you're 80 that's important yep squatting sitting on the toilet we've talked about that right sitting on the toilet being able to wipe your own bum <laughs> those are the things they're the important things <laughs> and then the fun things are the way you're flying above bars and rings and all that stuff yeah. and that is fun to do and i know that as you age that achieving those things becomes harder and harder just because like, you know, it requires a lot of shoulder strength and stability. And that CrossFit recently posted that 70 year old guy getting his first ring muscle up. Yeah. And on the yeah. one hand, I'm like, wow, that's insanely yeah. cool. Cause like, I think of like my parents at that sort of mm-hmm. age and neither one of them is ever going to be above a set of rings. Um, and I hope that maybe there's the slim chance I might still be able to do it. Then. I think your dad. But at the same could, time, he's got a lot of secret skills. Maybe. I bet your dad. Maybe he can just hiding it. Do an iron cross. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Graham Jenner, if you're listening, we know you got that in you. <laughs> um, but I also watched that and I was like, oh my god, please don't blow out a shoulder. Oh, I know. I yeah, I get a little stressed. It's like watching gymnastics in the Olympics. I get real stressed watching the beam, um, oh, even though they're yeah. like. 17 year olds they'll be fine but um well like yeah. the the thing um before the games when that was it before the games when that team athlete oh like, yeah was Oof. trying to do a handstand push up on top of a box and yeah. lost it and like Just scraped his face destroyed off destroyed his face yeah yeah i thought of that actually because a couple of weeks ago in one of those power hour open gym scenarios at our gym um a, a wonderful athlete who is a teenager and a former gymnast wanted to try something on a box oh, yeah, like that like, and I was like room. I don't you go in it. a different room and you try that and she was like why and I was like because if you wipe out no one else should have to see that and it was it was that games athlete that I was like oh this is so stressful I don't want to see that because I feel like also I mean we talk about mindset um those are the things that actually I do have a problem with like my mind, my head game, where I actually do visualize, not intentionally, um, but I, my brain likes to picture injuries happening. 
Isn't um, that weird? Yeah, it's usually related to mountaineering because my ankle is so messed up. Is that and something so you've I always picture... had, or do you think that's getting more I think as you age? It's it's absolutely getting more as I age, and I'd say in the last four years because I've also like rolled my ankle twice in like Spartan races and at the gym, like, and that is definitely like a struggle where I. I do think about injuries more and more, which is weird because I'm also getting more and more technical skills that I'm practicing. So I'm increasing my chance of injury, Um, while at the same time, the fact that I'm even getting those skills means I'm clearly preparing my body for like the strength and the skill. So I don't know. That's a whole. But I think that's if if we could do a podcast on injury, that would help me because I would I'd be so curious to hear. Because your 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 mindset game is so much stronger, and obviously that sort of stuff you've been through with sailing and right, like where you, even if you were to have a little tweak or something, you have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, this certain yeah. definitely certain things like pain, like the shoulder pain I had before injection. I was like, now I can't even imagine doing it, but because that was my life at you the time, pushed that's through. what I yeah. did. Yeah, and it's amazing the number of things that I can now do after injection because I didn't get right. bar muscle ups until I had my shoulder injected. Yeah, that's true. We can, yeah, we could. And you to get the and other one at, done. I'd be well, like as, doing all sorts of And tricks. also as that starts to wear off, like, it's not and wearing to off. see it's how. wearing off, Rachel. Well, no, no, no. Never I mean, off. I mean, the effects of the drugs will wear off, but the hope also is obviously that your shoulder is like, healing and getting more mobile and you're doing but all I the good really stuff. I can really realize the other one it. is kind of not in a good place. Um, but um, there's certain things like so that that kind of like pain or just fatigue or, yeah. you know, just soreness or, you know, when you've done a million pull up type things and your hands are just like, <laughs> I don't want to hold on to the bar. Yeah, yeah. But things like, you know, if someone really scrapes the shit out of their shin, there's some things where I'm like, mm, if I see that, that's real, yeah. that's a hard thing to get past even when I'm coaching every time I'm coaching and there's box jumps in a workout I I don't look at the athletes in the room like in the later rounds when they're box jumping like if I see someone starting to get fatigued obviously as a coach you're looking at everyone and you're looking for signs and you want to make sure obviously people don't get injured so it's not like I stop looking at my athletes but I definitely avert my eyes (laughs) in like in a really interesting way where like I'm just gonna look at their face I'm definitely gonna glance at the whole room without focusing on any singular box because I do not want to see anyone it's wipe out on a like, box jump for me it's more like when people are doing high box jumps yeah. as soon as they mm-hmm. take off I'm not thinking about their shins right but because my thing with the high boxes especially when you're stacking plates on is how wobbly they get oh yeah and yeah. just like the thought of someone landing and then the whole thing just like slow oh, yeah. motion falling down and just they you're land pushing on their off in a different and... direction and so I don't watch high The internet shows. is full of CrossFit fails videos, right? And like some of them are just brutal. Like, so yes, I think it's interesting that as certainly as I get older, I feel like I picture things. My visualization game is just not very strong because I used to when I was a high school and college athlete, like visualization is so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. You visualize what you want to do. It's such a mindset thing in sports is to get a really strong mental game you visualize achieving and doing everything right and I've got this like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other right where I'm like I'm gonna visualize doing beautiful linked muscle ups and then like the devil's like think about all the times where you've watched someone do a ring muscle up and their arm shoots through the ring and then they dangle by their dislocated shoulder (laughs) 
that is what my brain is doing to me while I'm trying to get these new skills. So. Uh, I'm sure it happens to everybody. But I think for you, you put so much time and effort into preparing yourself the boring work you're not just you're (laughs) never gonna be that person like I am currently trying to do the boring work yeah um and you know I do notice changes so I'm sticking with it it's very hard for me to do the boring work but I know that especially you know I can't just be like oh I totally screwed up this other shoulder let's just whack in some drugs and we'll off we go (laughs) because at some point we're gonna run out of bits I can inject and number of times we can inject but like so I'm trying to be more like you but uh you're never gonna be that person that goes "Ooh, I got my first strict pull up let's go to the rings right yeah that's true and mostly because I'm scared of injury like I feel like part of that is fear and yet fear this that's when we go back to the fact that fear is a super healthy normal thing that does protect us right it's like but yes my My partner last week, he was like, I think it was in the last few weeks, he basically was like, you are the quintessential tortoise in the tortoise and the hare like story. (laughs) He's like, he's like, you do all the boring work. And for the most part, although I struggle with watching other people do things, I don't let other people's achievement kind of change my process. So yeah, he's like, you are the tortoise. And I was like, that's not a bad thing. I, I think we sometimes think that's a bad thing but yeah it's true I will do the boring stuff until I feel like my body is safe enough to try try that other stuff yes indeed and I have a funny relationship with like the gymnastic stuff because I have complete faith and trust in even though the one shoulder is a little wonky it's it's fine oh, yeah. but I have complete faith and trust in the strength and stability of my shoulders to pull off all of this gymnastic sure. stuff yeah it was just like other parts shoulders. of my body that weren't working for it so that was yeah. like super frustrating for me to kind of know that especially being around people who have trained gymnastics yeah and you know when it comes to like being able to kip and pop hips and stuff like that all day that's what I have not been able to do now can but it's still like a not not a natural process but yet when I line up with people like who can do a, have, have yeah. a gymnasty background oh. and do strict stuff I'm miles ahead absolutely I mean that's true for like if I were coaching someone in gymnastics and I was like here are the sort of prerequisite skills and I will fully admit that my prerequisites are probably more than what most people need um but right i mean you have more than 10 strict unbroken pull-ups quite mm-hmm. reliably you have strict handstand push-ups so even just from a standpoint of strength and stability of shoulders you have the all the strict pulling and all the strict pushing that any coach would be like yes you are absolutely ready to start doing advanced gymnastics and you had those years ago Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this like, has been so frustrating. It, yeah. It's like, and I, like, right. Like, I mean, that's the boring work that I've had to like incrementally do over the last few years to like get to the point where I can be like, oh, I have those prerequisites finally. If um, we had put my shoulders with your hips, like right? about five years ago, we'd be crushing it. That is pretty much, I mean, what we always go back to is com- combined, you and I are an excellent athlete. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's been, an interesting thing like also I've been thinking a lot about recently with you know wondering what is my purpose and what is my point and you know 
why am I working on these things? If like, I'm not mad set on having a full competitive year next year and mapping out every possible workout and booking plane yeah. tickets all over the country to go and compete. I'm still going to convince you to do some of that, by the way. I'm just going to put Good. that out there now because I am weirdly interested in um, dabbling. Not that I want my life to be like mapped out only about CrossFit competitions, but I do think that I've seen the things you have achieved this year some of which because you've said yes to some competitions and like I don't know I think we're, we're slowly moving Hannah from being the I only PR alone listening to Disney music into <laughs> more what I was talking about earlier which is like competitions can help you get out of your head and level th- some things up yeah I feel like pressure now I went sailing for the first time the other night in six, like five or six years I feel like I'm being pulled out of retirement <laughs> But you said you had fun, right? It was fun. That was fun to come out of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think we're going to push you into a that level of life again where you're a professional athlete. Because then we'd also this, just never I see mean, you. Like, but... I guess part of it, I mean, the, the, the tiredness thing definitely exaggerates all the feels. But part of the process of this trying to get to a level where I, cause every competition I've been to, I've always gone there going, damn. I just wish I was in a place where I felt like I had all the skills, like, yeah. you know, that I had easy, comfortable butterfly pull-ups that butterfly chest bars was happening. And I could do all of the muscle-ups, even if they weren't like tons linked, but I could know that yeah. I could do them, that I could lift certain weights, that I could barbell cycle and just feel like, yes, my foundation is there. And now I just have to see how much of my soul I want to sell on this given day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, I've always kind of like been frustrated that, you know, like the open, you know, you get through the open and there's workouts that you have to do the stuff and then you get some fancy spangly gymnasty bit and you get there and you're like, well, shit. I just stand here staring I up at the bar or the rings flail, or the wall. And then it's like, how much do I flail? Because it's just going to get in my head and be annoying. Yeah. And so then you walk away and you go, okay, I'm going to work on all these things. And then that process of working on them, you know, every single person has like magical, mythical talents in certain areas. And some people who you might look at in the gym, who you, you would never expect to be good at a particular thing. It just works for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the most frustrating thing that I've found is because, like, the number of times people have said to me, oh, you look like you should be able to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what the shit does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, yep. that doesn't help. Yeah. Like, I would much rather be the person that didn't look like they could do it that just goes, oh, look at me, I'm up here. Yeah. Or I lifted that weight or whatever it is, rather than the person that looks like yeah. they can do it all. And then there's gaping holes in yeah. the game. And that's and- why we'll we'll never get fully away from talking about body image with all this kind of stuff, right? Because that's something we've talked about from the very beginning is like people saying like, you look like X, Y, or Z, right? You look like an athlete. Do you look like not an athlete? Do you look like an endurance athlete or a strength athlete? And as I have gone through this year too with still working with a nutrition coach, which means I'm still taking check-in photos. Um, Like, I cannot deny that my body is still changing as I train and as I get older. But my body, the body that was able 
that is now able to do muscle ups and the body that was not able to do bar muscle ups do not look very different. <laughs> right. And that's just genetics. Like my body's apparently never going to look like yours. Mm-mm. Who knew? Oh, actually, we all knew. <laughs> like we all knew that was not going to happen. Um, but yeah, it is frustrating that you have to still hear that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I still hear maybe the opposite, which is like, oh, like the surprise if I can do some things that are body weight where people are like, you don't look like. Although about a month ago, someone did tell me that my shoulders are starting to look like Hannah's. Oh, shit. And I was like, really? As long as well, it's still there, they don't feel like yeah. that. <laughs> really? They look like they've been injected though, with steroids? No. <laughs> I remember like people have said so many times like, you know, I don't have great legs. Like, you have the legs. I got arms. And people were always like, oh, my God, your shoulders are like goals. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure if goals. you actually had my shoulders, you would give them right back. <laughs> You're right. And and another thing, right? How you feel and how you perform is always going to be different than how you look, right? Those, those, are, those are like, not necessarily connected. Those questions, you know, when people are like, what would be your superpower? Like, I think, like, the superpower, it's not really a superpower, but, like, it would be so fascinating for, like, people that I look at in the gym who are good at certain things that I struggle with yeah. to be able to kind of, like, jump into their body oh, yeah. and see how it feels. Trade our bodies and our abilities for, like, a day at a time Or in any given, forth. like, yeah. workout, yeah. be like, is that person yeah. really struggle busting that hard or mm-hmm. do they just not want to push like yeah. i want to try their body on and oh, see yeah. or you know people that make things look super duper easy i'm like mm-hmm. is it really that easy yeah. or are they just like really good at yeah. just pushing i want to know i want to know what it's like to walk comfortably on my hands like that's the handstand thing is something i've worked on i have given up working on because it was getting really frustrated and i wasn't feeling like i was making progress and so now i like have not worked on it in ages and when i watch people handstand walk that is something where i'm like i just want to know what that feels like mm-hmm. to be able to and not just 5 feet like i i know what it's like to get up there and sort of fall forward um but the people and there's a bunch of them in our gym who can straight up easily walk 25 to 50 feet on their hands. And I'm like, I want to trade with that body just one day so my body can learn it's possible. And so what how that does, feels but like, like, this is an interesting question. Like, how does it make you feel when, I mean, you, if you're not specifically working on a skill and somebody's practicing that skill, then you can't really sit there and be like, fucker. Right. But if you are I do working really <laughs> hard, well, yes, but like, then you have to remind yourself that, yeah. okay, I'm not putting any effort not into effort. that. Yeah. So what, you know, yeah. shut the hell up. Yeah. But um, what do you feel? We'll use handstand walking. Yeah. Um, let's say you and I are in the gym and let's say I could walk handstand, handstand walk yeah. easily, comfortably. I can't, <laughs> but I will. Um, and you're working hard on it and it's just not clicking and I'm yeah. like... Oh, do 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 do, and yeah. just cruise past you. It's so hard because it's like right. I mean, this is actually kind of an easy, in some ways, an easy thing for me to imagine because I would say for years, um, up until the last few years when I've started to get a lot more systematic with my training and my nutrition and really dialing things in, I always used to tell myself like. It's all okay, Rachel, because you don't work as hard as Hannah. <laughs> like you were a benchmark of hard work, right? And I know that for many years, I 
I was working hard and relative and compared to lots of other people, I was putting in the work. But in terms of like really addressing weaknesses and specific skills training and strength training, like I'd say for at least the first five years of my tenure CrossFit journey, I was just I was one of those people who was doing CrossFit, not dabbling, but like it was for exercise. I, I enjoyed it. I stuck with it. I was seeing some gains, but it was not like really intentional training. I was like a, a recreational CrossFitter. Um, and so I do feel like I'm, I can think back to that and remind myself like it's okay if that person is doing this thing because they are working harder than you. Mm-hmm. I think when it's, when it gets really hard is when you maybe think what you said earlier is like someone who just has a background that has allowed them to get those skills more easily without the hard work. Mm-hmm. And that's where the mindset stuff is where I have to remind myself like, okay, but similar to what you described, I can still outstrict pull up that person or I have other things I can point to that like I am working hard on um, that that just help remind me that I guess if and when I do refocus on training those weaknesses, it'll happen eventually. Because mm-hmm. I think that it'll happen eventually is if you put in the work is like the mantra, right? I mean, you've, you've said this a lot lately and it really is a super critical mantra, which is like, find out what happens when you don't give up. November 15th, I'm getting that tattoo. Yeah, so <laughs> Hannah's going to get this tattoo and it's beautiful because it really is like um, – tenacity and hard work like I feel like that my obviously I can't I'm not going to get this as a tattoo because now it already has um it's trademarked or whatever with Matt Frazier but like hard work pays off is what I'm learning this year right is like that slow and steady being the tortoise um following programs that might look boring and might look repetitive and small in terms of the effort like does pay dividends in the end um, well, anytime, like if you go back to handstand walking, yeah, just think like anytime you're just like, dang it, why isn't this working? Mm-hmm. Just think of my bar muscle up journey. Well, exactly. That I took mean, over two years. Yeah. And you were putting in a lot of effort, right? Like, my bar <laughs> muscle up journey was like, I got these weird, random, accidental ones like over a year and a half ago. I think it was December of 2021. And then they completely disappeared for well over a year. But I also wasn't working on them, right? So, um, yeah, it is It is definitely true. Like, we all have a different journey, and where that takes us is not always – doesn't always feel like it's in our control. Um, and we are at a gym where the people – most of the people <laughs> who are beautiful handstand walkers, um, I have to remind myself, they grew up as gymnasts, mm-hmm. and they are still very young and close to that gymnastics world where literally they were on their hands from like, I don't know, the age of five till 18 or something, right? I mean, that's like, I, I, I can't recreate that, even with the programs I follow. Um, so there's always that, reminding yourself of your age, your life journey since the time you were younger and an athlete, um, and the fact that even being upside down is a huge achievement for a lot of people. And I feel um, like if the word, and, you know, I think about this a lot, like if the word should, because many times like I'm like, I should be able to do this. Because yeah. like people tell me that I look like I should be able to yeah. do this. And then I think, yeah, I should be able to do that. And I'm like, why? Right. Why should I be why able to should do I be that? Able to? Yeah. Why, like, why should I be able to walk I be on able my hands? Why should I be able to do handstand walking or ring muscle up if I haven't put 
the energy and effort and time into mm -hmm. learning that. Yeah. And do I have a purpose for learning it? Right? Because it goes back to also what, you know, we were talking about earlier, which is like, we've had other podcasts too, where we talk about when we're puttering around the gym or when we don't have a purpose in our training. And why is handstand walking critical for me? You know, I don't think I will ever have to do it in competition. Sure, it'll probably show up in quarterfinals or open workouts, potentially. Um, but maybe that will always be the workout where I just stop at that point in the workout because I can't handstand walk. Um, in the grand scheme of things, my shoulders are healthy. They can do lots of other cool things. Maybe they don't ever have to handstand walk. And so if I don't have a clear purpose for that... Um, and I Maybe think that's, that's okay. where having like following a program, because like, you know, in my bid to achieve that first bar muscle up, like I would just hammer the shit out of it. Yeah. Like endlessly to the point where like it hurt a yeah. lot. And then you were beating yourself up physically and, and like, mentally. Am I really actually making myself better? Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing. Like if you're following a program that if you do go into the gym and you're having one of those days where it seems like everybody else around you is just capable of doing the things mm -hmm. you're working on and you are not, um, that you can kind of refer back to that program to keep you on track and be like, mm -hmm. well, I haven't finished this program yet. And this is what I am working on. Whereas if you go in with no plan and if you're in that headspace, then you start being like, oh, squirrel. Oh, I yeah. need, oh, squirrel. I need to do this. I need, oh, over here. I need to do this. Yeah. And maybe you already pulled a hundred times over the course of the mm -hmm. workout. And now you're going to spend another hour pulling a hundred more times to try and achieve something. And perhaps during that process, you're not making yourself better. You're making yourself worse. Yeah. Because if you practice failures, you're learning failures. Yeah. And that's something that like, I'm, I, I think there's a lot of people at our gym right now that you and I are not necessarily we're coaching them because they're not like not everyone is coming to 6 a.m. when Hannah and I actually coach, but we're training with a lot of other people later in the day when we go into train. And there are a lot of people making really cool progress at our mm -hmm. gym right now. Um, and it's exciting to watch. And, um, you know, I think we're we're influencing them in other ways with the things we share on Instagram or like different different things. Um but it is true. Like I also see people training not so great reps of certain movements. And it's exciting when you get new skills um, to do that. And if we do, if we force ourselves to keep keep at something and then we start failing and we start failing over and over again, your body learns that muscle memory mm -hmm. of failure. Um, so stopping and taking a break or going back a few steps and training the boring strict stuff or the mobility that makes those movements possible you know we talk about bar muscle ups like one of the things i've watched you and another coach who also have recently gotten bar muscle ups like you know not that long after i did but like um i could see with both of you because i saw it in my own journey to those that when y'all got them you weren't gonna chicken wing them Right. Like you were training the right muscle memory and the right movement patterns so that when you got them, you would be getting really beautiful, balanced bar muscle ups. And we, you know, I think it's it's really hard to unlearn things. We've talked about oh, that yeah. with a lot of different movements and lifts. It's harder to unlearn than to learn something well the first time. And so that's also something like by taking a break from handstand walking, I'm like, there's no reason for me to keep pushing it and just falling over. And I wonder if <laughs> like, it's the point over about over again. failure that like 
failure is an important part of the process. Um, and being comfortable with failing is also important. Otherwise, you will never try. But reinforcing that movement that's a failure is not helpful. And, on, you know, also knowing yourself, like, if today is a day where I can fail and I can take a break and I can get back up and I can correct it, great. If for whatever reason, it's one of those days where maybe you didn't sleep for a month or... <laughs> one of know, those days when you didn't sleep for a month. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> and you go in and you fail and it just puts you in a shitty space and then you fail again and then you're in a shitty space and you fail again and now we're just practicing the same thing that's not working. It's really important to walk away and to look at, you know the bigger picture like having a have a plan like that's been my biggest kind of thing is like even on the days where it seems boring it's not shiny and it's not exciting yeah that if there's a purpose and there's a plan to it then just stick with it and trust it and then after you put in that foundation and you know and being willing to adjust because there's definitely days when I've gone in and been like okay I'm going to do the class workout then I'm going to try and do this like gymnasty piece mm-hmm. afterwards and after some workouts it's like Nope, because I just used that body part yeah. too many times, and I'm not yeah. gonna do be able to do this to good effect if I try and just add more. And that's where I've definitely going back to the, talking about like feeling this urge to constantly be there, like at every opportunity to train more, train more, train more, train more. And I have to go like, why? Yeah. Like, is the world gonna end if I don't go? and train an extra hour today (laughs) nope yep maybe i get some serious joy out of playing with my cute little four-legged furball Mm -hmm. and that's more important to me than yet another session in a gym pushing towards something yeah and i think i mean the the gym too is so in my last couple months of stress where it was work you know it still is ongoing work stress, um, poor sleep, you know, a lot of things that are outside of my control. When the gym does feel good, that is such a critical part of mental health Mm -hmm. for me that like, if I mess that up by making the gym a place of pressure and Mm -hmm. failure, um, what, what am I left with? Right. I don't even have a cute little four-legged furball. Um, right. So it's like, it is, it's so important to realize in those moments, like the gym, even if you want to be competitive, even if you've got all these goals and a purpose and, and you're showing up when you maybe otherwise don't feel like it, sometimes it's a good thing to do that. Um, but yeah, if it loses the fun or the joy or the mental health benefit, like never want to go down that path. And I, and I know like myself, that I'm very comfortable in a, in a small world. I spent a lot of time in tiny boats in the middle of an ocean. <laughs> But I realized that like my world was rapidly becoming no bigger than my home that I work in, That's my gym you work that I train home. at, yeah, and like the grocery stores that I go to, yeah. So and yet I live physically. in the most beautiful place, yeah. And yet these are the only small places that I bounce between. Yeah. I'm like, there's more to this world than that, yeah. And I need to remember to find that balance and not mm-hmm. just become so obsessive about chasing these goals that yeah. are fun, but is that the be all and end all to life no it's not well you just went you went out on a boat you know the other night and i was actually thinking about this because we were moving some things to our storage unit and i was like oh 
I've only taken my kayak out once in recent memory. And, and that's like, one thing. Think about like how much you used to, like how many times have you paddleboarded? Not much this summer. Right. Um, and that's one thing I would love to introduce to like fellow members of the gym who are into kind of outdoors, healthy, fitness type stuff is doing other things like as a group still, but you know, other challenges or even just like challenging hikes or something or going paddling, getting outside too and being able to use your fitness outside. Mm-hmm. Um, like talking about like Sage Bergen is like their gym, oh, a massive group of them just did an ultra marathon I together. I know, that was, and they've been training together I'm for not gonna suggest ages. That. Yeah, we're, gonna please do don't, gonna please do don't suggest a 50k but run or something to me. I but. do think like every now and again, it would be a fun thing to do yeah. to remind ourselves that this, mm-hmm. every, all the work that we put in inside this space yeah. translates to being able to be better at cool things that happen outside of it mm-hmm. too. Because I, yeah. I, I don't want to forget that part. At our old gym, we did, I mean, we did Spartan races together. Mm-hmm. There's like all kinds of things that it is true. It's really fun to have a common goal. Um, and we do have in-house competitions where people do that. But you're right. Like actually, yeah, let's think about that. Well, think on Goals. That. If you have suggestions, drop, drop some comments about... Uh, Suggestions for cool things to do as as groups of fit people. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, someone suggested to one of our gym friends that she start thinking about training for a triathlon. Mm. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, okay. I've always toyed with that idea, but it's three things I am not great at: socket biking, cycling, cycling on a road, running may drown, and swimming in the ocean. If it were a pool. Maybe, but like swimming on the surface of the ocean, that's a, that's that's not a comfort zone thing. Yeah, not a comfort zone thing for me at all. So cool. Well, uh, touched on a lot of things there, but needless to say, season three, we're coming at you from a much broader range of topics and yeah, comment if you have anything you would like us to expand on or investigate or. This is also, I think, I hope it, you know, also expands our types of guests we might have because I think we, mm-hmm. we haven't had a guest on in a while and uh yeah we've got lots of ideas for that too cool well thank you for listening and we will talk at you soon <laughs>